Hey, another episode of Almost Better Sounds. You know what it is. This thing. Me, Brendan, this Doug. Yes, this Doug right here. Yep, yep, Doug, Doug. Sorry. All right, it's cool. What's up, Brent? Uh, not too much. I've, as you know, everyone knows the Steam Summer Sale is done, and gaming has just sucked my wallet dry. Yeah, I definitely got to start saving already. Yeah, the I'm afraid. I know the winter sale is coming up. Well, not coming up. You know, six months from now is coming up. But I feel like there's another like maybe fall or like Thanksgiving like week sale and I'm just terrified <laughs> because the prices are just too damn good for so, like I want to say oh, some of these big games like the, I think the Witcher 1 was like 80% off or no maybe Witcher 2 was 80% off and it was like $5 like that's a solid game and it's not that old but for five bucks hell I might buy it twice yeah I hear that I, I definitely was enticed by a lot of games but it just depends on what you're looking for I feel I did read an article. Some some guy was super butthurt about the Steam sale this year. He was like, like ten or fifteen reasons why this was the worst Steam sale ever. And I'm like, I don't. What are you talking about? It honestly, I I didn't read it entirely, but I think what his main point was in comparison to other Steam sales, there wasn't as good of deals. But I saw shit going for like yeah, eighty, ninety percent off. It's like, what more can you ask? Like, yeah, I mean, I bought. I think maybe six to eight games, and I don't think I bought any of them for over $20. I think it was just there weren't as many big, like, AAA titles, like, you know, hey, Witcher 3 is only 5% five per- 5% off. How come it's not cheaper? It's like, because it came out a week ago. Like, exactly. you're not getting a brand new game for 15 bucks. Like, you're being spoiled now. That, oh, gamers really are. I feel like they just feel privileged. Like, they expect half of their games to just be free. It's like, you do realize somebody, like, spent, like, hours of their life uh, building and creating this. Like, they deserve that credit and to be paid. <laughs> yeah, so many people are looking for, like, torrents of games. And there's those indie games online that are, you know, pay what you will. And, you know, hey, you can download it for free, but anything you pay helps the developer. Like, I always do a minimum of two bucks, even if it's, you know, I don't know if it's good or not, because these are, aren't reviewed. They're too obscure, but, you know, just because someone worked on it, it takes time. and I'm just doing a little video editing, and it's taken hours out of my life. Yeah, I just think, in this society, we've all gotten a little too spoiled. Yeah, but, you know, that's a good thing. People complain, you know, oh, first world problems. It's like, yeah, but... You know, you live in a first world country or first world society. It's it's not a first world problem. It's just a problem. Yeah, so, I just think complainers in general shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're looking to find like Arkham Knight for forty five dollars, it's like that's not happening. Like, well, you can't even get it on PC anymore. They've taken it down from Steam altogether. So just just the thought of complaining about a sale is just stupid because it's like they didn't have to have a sale, but also, but then again, they probably did because they know how much money they were going to make. Oh, it's like you know Black Friday four times a year for Steam. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're right. Like they don't ha- they don't have to put them that low, or they don't have to set those prices that uh, high or low. So if you're really complaining about it, just wait till next year when it will be cheaper. Yeah. I think there's a few games. I can't remember exactly. Uh, I think Mass Effect I actually bought right at the end of its like shelf life. And then the next week it became like, you know, Xbox Platinum hit. 
So it was like $35, but I got it like just before the Platinum hit came out, so I got it for like 15 Shit, nice. Yeah, so I mean, I didn't know about it, I just found that game, but then there's other games where I'm like, eh, I don't, you know, I don't feel like $60 justifies this game. You know, sure people worked hard on it, but I'm sure people worked hard on Bulletstorm, but it's not worth $6. So, I just wait. You know, if you really need a game that bad, like that instant, you're going to have to pay a little extra. That kind of segues into a game I've been playing recently, but it's the game called uh, The Unfinished Swan. Have you ever heard or played it? I've heard of it. I know what it's about. I haven't played it myself. It's a really short game. (laughs) It's like beatable within, I'd say, like two and a half to three hours. And then there's probably some extra, like if you're a real completionist kind of stuff that it'd probably take maybe four to five hours at tops. But that's one of those games. I really enjoyed it. Um, visually, it was stunning. You're the, the premise is for anyone who doesn't know, you're, it's in, taking place inside of a children's story. And the main character's name is Monroe. You don't really, <laughs> yeah, you Monroe. don't really, yeah, seriously, right? And you don't really see Monroe that often, except like you see him depicted, but as a, as you play the game, it's first person. And the objectives is you're, well, for some of the game, you're walking around in like a white world and you like, the only real button you hit is gonna like throw, uh, paintballs all over the place so like you just start spattering the surfaces around you in order to see what's around you and that's how you uh, traverse through different levels there's a lot of different like the puzzles are really simple and i feel like the designers had it in mind for like so that a kid could figure it out. It's really not that challenging. I think it'd be a great game for a kid, but it's still enjoyable as an adult just for the experience. But there's also some interesting things in the levels like paradoxes, like you'll walk through one door and you're entering the room you just left and stuff. And there's a bunch of really cool uh features like that. And there was a few different levels as far as like, there's like a city that you go through, a labyrinth, a forest, and overall, I really enjoyed the game, but if it was ever priced at anything over like 40 bucks, I think that's just, it shouldn't be priced at that because yes, it's fun, but for such a short game, that is something that I feel like should only ever have been 20. Yeah, I don't think, at least from, you know, retail stores, the you know pricing algorithm isn't too complex it's basically how recent the game came out and how good it critically is reviewed um cuz i know some of the bigger games get you know 9 out of 10 10 out of 10 5 out of 5 stars in the reviews and those prices will stay pretty high for a good year versus games like uh i'm just going to pull one out of my ass uh, brink which didn't really get good reviews anywhere and I think within two weeks, it was down to like 45 and then like 30. And I, I think now they give away a copy on the street and <laughs> people are, you know, lining their bird cages with the game. Uh, <laughs> it's seriously like five bucks at GameStop, I'm sure. I'm sure it was one of those games I had, a, was really hyped up and then just shit the bed really hard. But I don't know anyone who has it. But I know, um, what was it? Twilight Princess was one of the launch titles for the Wii. And a buddy of mine got it for GameCube. I got it for the Wii. And I remember, like, years afterwards, it's still, like, $55, $45. Like, years after it came out. I feel like that's a lot of Nintendo franchises, and 
like particular like Mario games. They're always like if you want to get Mario like if you want to get Smash or Kart or uh any Mario game, you can expect to pay full full price. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the dedicated built-in fan base Nintendo has and that's why they're able to like hey, we're remaking the same characters over and over again. It's like, why? Cuz we know you love it and we know you're going to pay for it anyway. Pretty much. That uh- that's why I love Nintendo, but I don't. I don't own anything Nintendo. I've played it all, and it's fun, but God, I I don't want to support it. I mean, they're not, you know, Comcast. They're not the devil incarnated, but uh, I will gladly support them if the game's good. But there are plenty of just merchandised crap games that are like, hey, this has Mario's face on it. That's why you love it, right? And it's like, no, it's, it's why we didn't play Mario vs. Sonic at the Olympics. Like. Exactly. See, and that's that's the problem I have with them. It's like, I want to like them because there are certain gems that, like, Sonic colors and things. But, like, for Wii, for instance, uh, my girlfriend has one, so I've played a bunch of different games. I love Mario Galaxy. That was full price on positive. But, um, where was I going with this? When you browse, like, Wii games, it's just, like, sifting through shit. Like, there's just so many just carbol like games that just like you don't want to touch with a 10 foot pole and then like there's the occasional like gem so that's another thing or another reason i i i choose microsoft over nintendo and then playstation over microsoft and then pc overall but i'm not the master race kind of person <laughs> well we was one of the big you know stepping stones for consoles trying to appeal to the mass uh, audience and the general public and not focusing on the hardcore gamers they're trying to be very family friendly, and I don't know what happened, but someone took the licensing rights for Wii games and just threw them across the planet because every single TV show has a game, no matter how dumb or weird or random or how impossible it is to make a video game based off uh, Duck Dynasty. There's a Wii game for it. Ugh. That's so depressing. But also, I was thinking things like Jeopardy and Family Feud, like all those like game show games, they definitely turn them into Wii games. And like, for like Jeopardy, isn't that just like, you're supposed to just come up with the answer on the top of your head? It's like, they're obviously then only going to make it like, they're going to give you options to choose from. And that just defeats the purpose. Because like, obviously one of these is right. Whereas you probably would have never known. Or either you did or you didn't. Yeah, it goes from like Jeopardy to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire because they give you the different choices. Exactly. That's that's a perfect way of describing the dilemma. <laughs> but I mean, like those are game shows. I can understand how they're turned into video games. Like it's you know it's already kind of a game. It's a little little step further. But I'm talking like there's reality television shows that have video games oh, on God. the Wii, and I don't understand it. It's mind boggling. But. I mean, it showed on the sales. The Wii dipped down for a while. It was huge to begin with. And then for the next few years, no one would touch it. Like, mine is covered in dust. I think Mark, I think he uses his mainly for Netflix. And then they came out with the Wii U, and it's you know, kind of reviving it and bringing back some of the old Nintendo games with it and you know new versions. Yeah, I definitely think the Wii U is tremendously more successful than the Wii itself. But I, I could be wrong. I'm not sure. I think for gamers in particular, it is because if you have a Wii for like the family sort of, you know, open to everyone, we can all play Wii Sports and stuff. I don't think anyone really needs a you know tablet Wii U for that. So I think it is mainly for the gamers who 
you know, want Star Fox X or whatever the new one is. And uh, Zero. Zero, yeah. Whoever wants the newest um, Zelda and the newest Mario game that requires the Wii U. And I think uh, Monster Hunter games are exclusively Nintendo for the 3DS and for the Wii U, which annoys me because I don't have them, but I want the Monster Hunter games. Yeah, see, I hate when there's that one franchise you you want to play, but it's on the on the platform or console that you choose not that you're like this is the one that I purposely am avoiding. I well, I even went out and bought a 3DS for myself, like as a birthday gift to myself, and I bought a few games with it. And I to this day, I do not believe those Professor Layton games are for children. Those are like SAT level riddles. They are super hard. Either that, or I'm just real dumb <laughs> but also the whole 3d feature of that i've i've only seen one uh in person like once or twice but does does that ever affect your eyes because i've heard about that well i have no i have borderline zero depth perception so i can't see 3d anything like any of the movies or any of those um but everyone i knew never used the 3d feature i think there's a new 3ds XL or the 3DS 2 or something like they remade a newer version of the 3DS and that's supposed to be better with 3D but still not enough to justify people using it all the time. So hmm. I, I think people use it in like Pokemon games when they go into a Pokemon battle and it adds a little depth to the field. But that's really it. They have no no reason to play it all the time. Um but I had it for a bit. I played a few of the Zelda games on there. I get the 3DS just because there are certain games made only for the 3DS and not the regular DS that I wanted to play. Oh, dude, there's one that I want to play, and you probably didn't, but uh, Dream Drop Distance, Kingdom Hearts. Oh, my God. No. I, which one? I did have one of the Kingdom Hearts where you could play as, like, Terra, Aqua, and Roxas. Oh, that was on PSP. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah, I had that one. And I made the mistake of choosing Aqua. And picked up in the hardest difficulty, and apparently she's the hardest character to play as. Oh, really? That's interesting. I got to the end. I couldn't beat the final boss, though, because he was, like, Sephiroth level of, like, so fucking crazy. You have to, like, you have to muscle memorize the entire battle. It's really tough. Well, the cool thing about that is I don't have to play that game because they put all the cutscenes on the HD remaster of Kingdom Hearts 2. It comes with that. Or no, it, wait, no, it's actually, you can play that game on the PS3, so fuck yeah, that makes me excited. <laughs> it was, you know, it's a fun game, it's just more Kingdom Hearts, because we're not getting the third one anytime soon. <sighs> but, it was, you know, it was a fun game, like I said, it was just so fucking hard. Those difficulty curves just shoot straight up on Kingdom Hearts games. Um, But, back to the 3DS, I was telling you, I think we said it off air, but at the Too Many Games convention... I bought a copy of Pokemon Soul Silver because it's my favorite Pokemon generation. And growing up, I had gold and I wanted to switch it up. So I bought a copy with the 3DS. I bought a few games all at once. So I played all these other games knowing Pokemon would take the most time. So I saved that for last. By the time I got around to it, I took it out of the cartridge or took it out of the case, looked at the cartridge, noticed that there was a different sticker. Like Lugia is not usually on the cartridge itself. So I was like, that's odd. I guess it uh, might be a different print or something. Put it in, and I noticed as I was putting it in, the like seal around the case, or around the cartridge itself, started like, bending it, like cracking a bit, and I could actually see the ch- uh, motherboard inside. 
It's like, that's odd. They're usually sealed better. Oh, well, I guess it's just because it's pre-owned. I was like, I won't worry about it. And then it just never turned on. And that's the first game I had that just didn't work with the 3DS. I was like, all right, maybe I'll just, I don't know. And I started looking around on the internet. I found out I got a fucking counterfeit Pokemon Soul Silver. I got oh, a Jesus fake game. Christ, how? Where did you buy this? At GameStop. What? The super legitimate GameStop. Because I would play it on my 3DS and it wouldn't work. But then I'd play it on a friend of mine's regular DS and it worked. So. What? I looked it up and they said something about the programming in the 3DS is better at identifying counterfeits or something like that. And there's some sort of, you know, program that wouldn't be played on the, uh, 3DS that could work on the DS. I was just like, you, you gotta be kidding me. And because it was the last one I played out of the pack, the bunch of games I bought, it was past the return date. So I couldn't even return it to get my money back. Oh man, fuck. So I just went around trying to like pawn it off, like, selling it to people who have DSs. So I'm like, oh yeah, it's totally legitimate. Don't worry about it. It's cool. And no one would believe me. So apparently everyone else was smarter than I was and didn't buy it. So I ended up just giving it away to my buddy when he bought off my uh, 3DS from me. Damn. That's a that's a bummer. Ah, uh, it sucked. But, you know, I found Pokemon Sage online, which is very short. You can only get to the first gym leader, but I really like it. Cool. I'm not sure if I talked about it before. It's the fan. I feel one. like yeah, you mentioned it, but I I don't remember how long ago. I think it was a while ago. It's for anyone anyone can find it online. It's very refreshing, and it's just new stuff, new take. My only problem is I think the rate of uh, Poke- wild Pokemon occurrences is just through the roof. Like Ugh. every two steps, I'm just like I I can't do this. Like and because it's so early in the game, you don't have Repel yet. So you can't, like, avoid them. I was just like, oh, I'm going nuts. Yeah, no, that is annoying. I mean, even in the originals, it wasn't that bad, but that still bothered me. <laughs> it would be like if the uh, Zubat Cave level of Pokemon oh. Battle was throughout the entire, like... No. I was just like, ah, there's too many. <laughs> but it's... I really like it. I really like the designs in that. Because I was talking with a friend trying to figure out our favorite Pokemon of all the generations. And I was looking at the newest generations that I've kind of skipped out on some, like Diamond and Pearl, I skipped out entirely. Me too. I I understand people's arguments like, hey, there's some dumb designs in the first generation. It's like, yeah, Mr. Mime isn't a great design for a Pokemon. I'll, you know, the first 151 aren't perfect. But some of these new ones are just next level dumb. Like, they're just <laughs> really bad. I think that's what, uh, South Park, when they were making fun of Pokemon with Chim Pokemon, they just like, there's one called Shu. Yeah. They were just taking a stab at them for being like, you guys are just, your, your fucking characters are just dumb. Yeah, like there's one that's a key ring. Um, there's one that's a sword and it evolves into two swords and it evolves into a sword, like with a ski, uh, sheath. Um, there's one that's a literal pile of garbage. And I'm just like, yeah, Magnemite was just a floating pile of magnets i was just gonna say that one it's funny i'm looking at a picture of them all and diglett is just a fucking and, what is he and both of those their evolved forms are just more of them pushed together <laughs> like isn't that how, how unique for us to mention them in like that's funny yeah they're not great designs but i'm still like i still hold them more dear than literal garbage or the ice cream cone pokemon like it's like man these are bad <laughs> 
Yeah. Another silly one that I feel like the design didn't even really change that much was, uh, what was it? Polywag, Polywhirl, and Polywrath. It's just oh, like yeah. a fucking spirally mouth guy with a tail or, an, an ar- or arms or bigger arms. <laughs> yeah, it was Polywag, and it evolves. It loses its mouth and its tail and develops arms. And then Polywhirl goes into Polywrath, and he just gets bigger and angrier. Yep, like, exactly. nothing really changes. <laughs> oh, man. But there are a ton of, like, crazy theories, I guess, with the first generation. Like, they've, I think they've uh, finally come out and announced it. Like, Nintendo has told themselves that, uh, Cubone is actually a baby, baby Kangaskhan that lost its mother. So it was, oh. it was originally going to be a baby Kangaskhan that could evolve into a bigger Kangaskhan. But something happened, and they changed it to just Cubone and put a skull on it. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. And then there's a big theory that Dratini evolves into Dragonair, and then would evolve into Gyarados. Because Dragonair to Dragonite is just a real hard left turn. And yeah. even the color scheme doesn't even match. And then, same with Magikarp and Gyarados. Like, they're really just very different. So there's a lot of weird, like, theories about the first 150 because they were testing stuff out and they weren't sure if it was going to work. Oh, it worked. Oh, it worked splendidly. <laughs> oh, well, here's an idea. I mean, we don't have to do this right now, and I, I can even cut this out if need be. But I know we save games for the end of the show, but do you, would you want to do a quick one uh, game of 10 questions? And then we could keep going with the episode. And I just want to ask, I just want to, like, pick a Pokemon and you figure it out. Sure, a quick game of... uh. Ten questions, Pokemon? Yeah, sure. Alright. We'll we'll do it quick. Yeah. Alright, so we're going to play 10 questions. Uh, the category is, uh, it's one of the first 150 Pokemon, and yep, you have 10 questions. Okay. Oh, I was looking it up. I think there's a hundred or 720 Pokemon now. Oh my god. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, also, wait, I just really want to solidify my answer, because I have like some I'm going back and forth with, but I just want to, I really, I need to d- determine. Alright, okay. I think, and I want it to be challenging. Hmm. Yeah, because I was looking back, and there's. I think I'm still memorized all 151. I think I have those like nailed. But like even gold and silver and ruby and sapphire, there it was like, oh yeah, I completely forgot about cast form and you know these other random ones. Okay, we're good. I I'm sticking with it. Okay, you're sticking with the original what, one you picked. Yeah, and I hope it's hard enough, but we'll see. All right. Um. Is it a legendary Pokemon? Um, no. Uh, I'll definitely say that. And, well, that's what I mean. Let me just qualify. Legendary being those birds. In, see, it's easy with the first 150, because legendary there is the three birds and Mewtwo and Mew. That's it. Okay. It's neither of, or it's none of those. Okay. Because I've been looking at the later generations, and apparently there's just like 
eight legendary Pokemon in like the latest generation. It's like, why so many? Like, yeah, I was just gonna say, how legendary are they? <laughs> yeah, like it seems like they just keep adding them onto the end of the Pokedex. Okay, so it's not those. Uh, so that's question one. Yes, I'm gonna keep track. Is it a starter form, like the like lowest level of evolution? No. Okay, so it's an evolved form. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Yeah. Because I'm trying to think of ways I can narrow it down to like from 150. <laughs> yeah, no, I was thinking that too, and I thought even 10 questions might be too much. But And also, just because you have such a vast knowledge of this topic, I think you'll, you'll, you're still going to narrow it down, but we got a ways to go. God, we should get Mark on. He knows like the stats of every Pokemon. It's Oh, good lord. It's that's, disturbing. That's too much. Yeah. <laughs> He told me he like babysit a kid, and he's like, "I like Pokemon." He's like, "Oh yeah," and then just like schooled him. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, I thought they'd just become best friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, like he, he rubbed it in his face. <laughs> um, all right, is it a water type? Yes. Oh wow, Shit. Dude, that that like just immediately helped you out. Okay, because I was tr- I was worried I was worried that was gonna be a question too, and I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> yeah, because I was worried about going through every single type because I would burn through the questions quick. All right, so it's an evolved water type. Is it a starter? Just getting that out of the way. What does that mean? It, like, well, since it's a water type, and it would be—is it one of Squirtle's forms? No. Okay. Ah, uh, God, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of like a color scheme. Like, oh, is it blue? It's like, well, yeah, they're all water. It's like the original 150, everything blue is water. Most likely, yes. <laughs> so that doesn't help. Does it have a second type to it, or is it like pure water? Like, is it water poison, water fighting, water normal, Ooh, or is see, it just water? I, I'm not. I can I could be wrong. I'm just gonna say it's just water, but yeah, because. I don't know any other features about it. I'm pretty, it's just water. Okay, because Gyarados is flying water, and like Tentacool and Tentacool are water poison. So okay. Narrow it down. Alright, I'm just gonna take a guess. Is it Lapras? No. Damn. Because I, like, you hesitated with the legendary one, and Laprases are rare, but not legendary. Yeah, and honestly, Lap, Lap, Chris looks like it should be legendary just because of how beautiful it is. And what is that evolved from? I don't think. Oh yeah, never mind. So it didn't. It wouldn't have been qualified. No. Yeah. I forgot okay. About, I even forgot about that uh, question. I feel I wouldn't be surprised though because one thing they love doing with the new generations is adding pre-evolved forms to the original 150. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. How did I have a Jigglypuff and not know there was a form before Jigglypuff? Until like five years later, like scientifically, it makes no sense. Yeah, that doesn't. It's like, oh, I have a horse. It's like, oh, but it was a baby colt. Like, it's like it wasn't a colt five years ago. It's like, yeah, but now it turns into a colt. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. All right, so it's an evolved water, pure water. Uh, I think we're up. This next question will be number five. Uh, are you not counting the guess? Oh, did you guess one? Well, I guess Lapras. Oh, okay, that was, you're right, I do count that, so thank you. So we're, okay, up to six. Um, Polyrath is water fighting, so it's not him. Or at least he is later generations? I don't know if he was... Well, let me correct the whole, I don't, I'm not gonna just say it's just water. I I guess it could have something else to it, but I just don't know what that is. (laughs) 
All right. Let me see. Um, yeah, because I know like some. Well, no, I was gonna say some of the lower tier Pokemon are are rare, but like Scyther and Electabuzz aren't really rare. They're just not as prevalent as Pidgey. Oh, Oddish. Scyther is pretty fucking rare. I spent a long time trying to get one of them. <laughs> well, I think those are the ones that were, uh, at least in the first 150, only had one form, but they're the ones that uh, may or may not have been in your uh, version. So I think Scyther was in blue, and I think Electabuzz was in red, or vice versa. Yes, that's how it worked. I remember. And ill, dude. Jinx? I forgot all about that <laughs> ugly fucking thing. Fun fact... In some of the newer episodes of Pokemon, they had to do the same thing they did with Mr. Popo in Dragon Ball Z. Are you kidding and make me? And Jinx's face clearly purple or clearly blue so they wouldn't have a Pokemon in blackface with big oh, lips. Wow. <laughs> that is ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> oh, Japan and your super obvious racism. <laughs> wow. It's very, though. It's, yeah. Oh, damn it. There's some more water types than I realized. Like, water might be the most prevalent type. <laughs> I didn't Shit. think... Th- I, when I was looking at the... In the grand scheme of things, I thought water was kind of narrowed down. So maybe I was wrong, but... I'm looking at a list, and it doesn't look like it. <laughs> There's a good amount of them. Uh, of just water, actually. Mm. Oh, boy. Like, there's a way... There, it's hard to try and narrow it down any further without just guessing. Like, oh, you're welcome to use guesses as your questions. Like, that is a thing. But I mean, like, there's so many. I I would just burn through the last, what, four questions too quickly. Uh, yeah. Like, and I, actually, I think you you have five left. Five? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of a way to narrow it down without just using up a guess. Hmm. Does Misty have this Pokemon? Holy fuck, how would I know? Hold on, let me see. What do you mean, how do you know? She's got, like, well, three. Uh, oh, okay, well... It's, like, Goldeen, kn- Staryu, and... In the show, Psyduck, but I think in the game, it was just Goldeen, Staryu, and Starmie. So, no. She does not. I mean, this is not one of those. Okay. So there's three guesses out of the way right there. That was a great question, yeah. I like how you, uh... Use that to your advantage. So four left, man. You can do this. I really have faith. I I thought I was worried it was going to be like, question number two, is it this Pokemon? I'd be like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just, you know, lull of numbers of just 150. I'd have a one in 50, 150 shot of. Well, that's why it really presented the perfect 10 questions opportunity. So I couldn't resist. All right. And that's the second form. I keep forgetting about that. Or at least it's not the first form. Yeah, exactly. That's but there aren't too many that have three forms. Yeah, I'm actually looking at that too. Besides the starter, Poliwhirl, Poliwag, Poliwrath, and I think Squirtle. (laughs) I think all the other Pokemon are uh, water types are all. Oh yeah, two two. forms. You're right. You're definitely right. All right. So what I got four left? Yes. All right. I'm just gonna start guessing. Is it Vaporeon? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice, dude. Nice. Well, that was a good win. Uh, what were what would have your other guesses have been? Um, I don't think it would have been Kingler or Krabby because everyone forgets about them. Oh God, I don't even see them on the list. They're just crabs, and then Kingler is just a big crab, like with a big claw. Uh, maybe Cedra. 
because I know Misty gets horsey in the show, but not in the games. And then the only other one I was thinking that you could have considered would have been uh, what's it called, Oystar or something? Cloister. Cloister. No, um, uh, I can't even. There's read a it. shelter, and then Cloisters. It's a ball form. <laughs> There's Omanite and Amastar. Yeah, that was it. Amastar. Or Omastar, if you want to do the pronunciation. Omastar. Okay. And Omanite is the true god if you follow Twitch Blaze Pokemon. <laughs> but. So, Omastar, though, is a water Pokemon, right? Omanite and Omastar are both uh, rock types and water types. Okay. Yeah, so you wouldn't be a pure water. Interesting. I just assumed it would be because of its shell. No, well, he's water type, but he's the shell is also rock type because he's one of the fossil Pokemon you have to revive. That's right. Yeah. I think my favorite Pokemon might have to be Dragonite because he's just so doofy looking. Like, he's just... He looks like a kid's children like a child's tv show character because he's just so round and like fat (laughs) i was saying some characters i completely forgot about here's one i forgot about of the 151 lick a tongue oh that that's just a weird one that just completely escaped my mind well mr mime too i don't really ever remember encountering him but i remember him being a thing i think he was also i think he him and jinx were one was in red one was in blue so it was rare uh it was uncommon to find one and it was impossible to find the other depending on your edition but he was him and jinx crossed the line of like morality in pokemon because if you notice there's a weird thing with mr mime where he actually has five fingers or you know four fingers and a thumb um, and say with Jinx, and in most cartoons, they purposely avoid that to try and show that, like, hey, these are cartoon characters, and that when, in some shows, when they add the extra digit, like in Danny Phantom, it kind of makes them more human, and it kind of makes you, like, easier to relate. It's one of those subliminal things that makes you easier to relate to the characters without realizing it. And Mr. Mime and, Ms. and uh, Jinx are already kind of humanoid to begin with, and they really make you question, like, are these Pokemon, or are these just very sick people? Like, are we enslaving mentally ill people and causing them to fight animals for us? Maybe that's, yeah. maybe that's me. Maybe I thought about this too much as a kid. Potentially. <laughs> but here's the one Pokemon that stands out to me that I wish I would have chose this one for 10 questions, but didn't. Uh, Porygon. Oh, Porygon. Who the fuck? What? What? Whoever even was like, that's my favorite Pokemon, or like, that's the one I'm after. Like, that's the one I want to use in a fight. No. But it evolves into Porygon too, which is wait, its are name. you fucking kidding me? No, its name's Porygon too, and it's just rounder. Like, it just smooths out all the edges. No, I'm actually. I just googled that. I thought you were kidding, dude. This can't be real. No, and then I think it evolves again into Porygon Z, maybe. And it's like an upside-down version of Porygon 2. Like, that Pokemon is just like, we don't know what we're doing either. That's No, that Pokemon's just like, the creators are on acid, and <laughs> someone needs to stop them from, like, creating more weird shit. Oh, it makes no sense. And in Pokemon Snap, it somehow has perfect camouflage and blends into an environment, so you have to throw a pester ball at it to knock it out of the wall. Because cause otherwise, Porygon does not fit into any environment, because it's just bright neon pink and blue so it just doesn't blend in anywhere yeah oh my god i'm just imagining it evolving into porygon infinity (laughs) i mean they're still making pokemon games it's not out of the realm of possibilities yeah 
Well, anyway, do you want to talk about some games we've been playing lately? Uh, I have one, but how about you? Uh, I got a few, actually. Well, there's a few indie games I found. Uh, two actually made by the same guy. One is called Garden, and the other game is called Sun and Moon. And let me see if I get his name right, because I want to give him credit for it. Because Sun and Moon, I really enjoyed. It's basically a little platformer game, but you can um, sort of phase through the platforms themselves, and you have to use your momentum to like sort of like jump up and then phase down through the ground and then carry that like momentum of twice the jump back up to like launch yourself over. You're just this okay. little ball, so you can't move too much. And it was made by uh, Daniel Lyson, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Uh, he's an Australian game developer, and he's won a bunch of like the Ludum Dares, and he also oh, made Garden, nice. which is a kind of I didn't play Garden too much, but it was kind of a platformer. And it was odd. I uh, I'll be honest, it wasn't one of my favorites, and just had trouble getting into it. But some of his games were really cool, and I emailed him hoping to get him on the show. But there's also a like eleven hour time difference, so oh god, that'd be no, tough. Another one of those. <laughs> That might be the toughest one we'll ever do if he emails me back. But those are two of like the indie games I've played recently. Um, I've also been playing Life is Strange. I know you've been talking about it nonstop on the show. Yeah, I'm pretty obsessed. And there was an article that said like it was claiming that Life is Strange is the best game of all time, and it's not even done yet. And I have to agree. It's like I can't even wait for the next few episodes. I'm like on the edge of my seat. It's fucking July finally. It, honestly, by the time this episode airs, uh, the next episode might be on the horizon. So I am super fucking pumped. And the cliffhanger it left me at, like, I uh, ended up playing the game again to get my girlfriend up to speed. So I, I got to relive it all over again. And God damn it, it's so emotional. And it just it hits me every time. Where are you? I think I might be either close to the end of episode two or like halfway through it. Okay, well then, you'll know when you're at the end of episode two, because goddammit, you're going to shit everywhere, because you're not going to see it coming. And hopefully, I'll actually, I don't know, maybe you're a better gamer than I, or like make better decisions than I am, which probably everybody does. Um, <laughs> so, I'm eager to see what uh, your outcome is. And the sad thing is, we can't talk about this on air, or else it'll just be spoilers all day. So, off air, I'm eager to see hear about your experience. Yeah, I think so far I've actually w- weirdly picked, like, I guess the quote right decision for most of these scenarios the first time, because I would just rewind time, see what the other option would have been, and it, like most of the time it's like, ooh, that one's worse, let me go back to the first one I picked. So yeah. my instincts are kind of good with this game as opposed to other similar games like uh, A Wolf Among Us and The Walking Dead games where it, almost every one of my choices is wrong, like everyone dies in those games. Yeah. Well, oh, c- go ahead. I was just gonna say i i don't I don't think I'd call it the best game ever made, even though I haven't finished it yet. But it's definitely a lot better than I thought it'd be because some of the trailers I've seen of it didn't make it look great. At least I didn't think it looked great from the trailer, and i I've definitely I've definitely gotten more invested than I thought it would. Yeah, it is one of those games. That's how I felt when I bought it. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't foresee it being like a favorite of mine and it just kind of just sucks you in whether you want it to or not and it's gonna turn a lot of heads i can't wait for it to be released as a full 
game because that's when everyone's going to start playing it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Tons of people are playing it now and we have like this awesome kind of, er it's not really early access, so I guess it is, but it's just a sneak peek into it before it's available. And I don't know. I like taking advantage of opportunities like that. I like the episodic feel to it because hopefully there's more games that do that. Well, I'm curious about that because Telltale Studios has taken off wildly and for good reason. And they've, at least as far as I know, kind of started this episodic gaming. They're definitely the first studio I've played games from that have done this. And I've also been playing another one of their games, Tales from the Borderlands. And they also did Wolf Among Us and Walking Dead and the Game of Thrones game. And they got a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of projects going on right now. And I'm curious to see if this style of, you know, intermediate, you know, buy one episode for like five bucks or buy the whole game for 20 and, you know, save $5 will take off. And I'm curious if they're still developing it or if they're just waiting a set time and all these products are already done, but they just want you to wait, you know, a month and a half to experience it as much as you like. Personally, I think it's excellent. And I really hope that there is more opportunities like this. I think it's a great way to get people excited and like on the edge of your seat especially in the case of life is strange like it's such a uh and a thrilling adventure that it it makes sense to like kind of have those cliffhanger moments but um i'm also uh shit i forget what i was gonna say well i'll just jump in and say i've heard people actually complain about this say well some people complaining saying i want the game all at once but then other people complaining about this with Netflix by giving whole seasons all at once, like Orange is the New Black and House of Cards, how people are able to binge watch the entire season in what two nights, and some people are saying it's, you know, it's not destroying lives and tearing parents away from their children and causing mass destruction. It's not that bad, but they're complaining, saying like it's kind of destroying the water cooler talk and being able to discuss it with friends, like. Hey, did you see last night's episode of Hannibal? It's like, yeah, and you can speculate and sort of theorize what's going to happen next. You say, like, oh, yeah, I really like this part. And with the Netflix show, it's all at once. So it's like, hey, did you watch the entire season of Orange is the New Black? It's like, no, I'm only on episode four. It's like, well, I guess I can't talk to you then. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know. That is, like, a really minor complaint to have. Yeah. But but still, I, I see what you're saying. But I remember what I was going to say is, I think in the, in the case of uh, Life is Strange, I think they are still developing or polishing, at the very least, the game before releasing episodes. So, whereas you said, oh, potentially it's all already done, and they're just like kind of releasing it in just spurts just to do that. I don't think that's the case. I think development-wise, they're still... I mean, the game is probably almost done or close to done, but like the episodes that are being released are like the ones that are getting focused on and being polished right before the release date. That's how I assume it's happening. That's kind of the feeling I get from these games that they're working on it as they go. But it makes me question, why not just wait another year? I'm sure they got to meet certain deadlines and they got sort of contractual obligations, but why not just wait another year, have the whole game finished and release it all at once? Like what was the kind of incentive or reasoning for starting this trend of episodic games. I'm not sure what the reasoning is, but I think it's also them just testing it out. I think someone had the idea and they thought, well, how do you think that will happen? It's like, well, you can't, you'll never know until you try kind of situation. Yeah, I know the first one I really played was the Walking Dead game. So maybe it was like, hey, we got to release the game while the show's still on, on air. That, and, you know, yeah. they only got two weeks left. Like we got to, 
uh, release whatever we got now. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense uh, in the realm of TV and stuff. But I feel, for me, Life is Strange is the first episodic game I've ever played, and there is no real reason for them to have done it that way other than it does it gives them time to polish these episodes and i guess it gives the developers time to make sure the game that they release is great and it also gives time for the people enjoying the game to get all hype about it and then yeah seriously wait till you finish episode two which it sounds like you're about to and then watch the trailer for episode three before playing episode three you're gonna be like i am so fucking ready to play episode three and it is it is as as exciting as it seems it's really it's fucking phenomenal and oh episode four i don't even know if there's a trailer yet i don't think there is if there is we'll be posting it but i don't think there is (laughs) But with the polishing of the game, um, I don't think Telltale Studios is that big of a company. And I remember hearing them announcing that they're working on all these different projects all at the same time. And it got, my initial thought was concern because, you know, I thought like, if they're working all this all at once, I'm thinking the quality of all these games are going to go down a little. Like, each one's going to be a little less. And I say that because I'm playing Tales from the Borderland. I'm all caught up. I think it's on episode three right now. And I love the Borderlands world. It's both the dumbest humor I've ever heard, like just stupid and childish, but also very witty at times and also very funny childish childish humor. Like there's fart jokes aplenty and I love it. But then there's also just some other jokes that just don't land. So it's real hit or miss with the comedy. But the world is definitely interesting and it's just super sporadic and uh, high energy and very colorful with the, like the almost cell shading. So I'm already sucked into the world and invested. Um, you'll probably love it that one of the main characters is voiced by Chris Hardwick, your oh. favorite person. Oh, dude, I'm over. <laughs> I'm over. Like, okay, here's my public announcement. I, I, for some reason had a grudge against Chris Hardwick just because I was jealous of his success. Like that is the bottom line. So like, I'm over it. It's more or less. I appreciate that he's a hardworking guy and he's gotten to where he is. So I'll go as far to say that. And that's the <laughs> end of that. So if anything, it's, I admire him and it's like, I admire him so much that I'm angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but at least with his character, it's weird because I listen to his podcast and his voice isn't different in the game. Like he's an actual voice actor. He's done plenty of characters and done different voices, changed his, uh, identity to match them, but this is just him talking like normal, and it's just okay. very jarring. Like it's, you know, it's like hearing your dad in a video game. It's like, not nah, I can't. This is not a character. This is my dad. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to uh, lose yourself. Um, but I've noticed it a tad in Life is Strange, and I know they're different companies, um, Square Enix and Telltale Studios. Um, but Life is Strange kind of had this mannequin. I call it mannequin syndrome. And the lip syncing, uh, is kind of off at times. I've noticed the main character, Max, talking, and she says something very emotive, like she would be speaking with her hands. And then it, she doesn't though. And then it cuts away to whoever she's talking to, and then off camera, I see her hands come into the shot, like she was saying, like matching up to what she just said. So I could tell that the audio and the lip syncing is kinda not synced right. Hmm. And the mannequin expressionism, like expressionless, uh, faces where they kind of just move like skins robots. Like it's just, 
kind of stiff at times, but other times it's perfect and it works well. So it's it's kind of hit or miss with that too, where sometimes it seems realistic and a lot of other times it seems very plastic and uh, stiff. Interesting. I bet, huh, I can imagine a lot of people having that experience, but I personally, I don't know if it's like a, if it's how it's being rendered or what, but I didn't really notice that. I And I'm also... I'm enjoying it so much that I'm just super immersed and I just like really feel like these characters are real people. So it's like, I see through the fakeness of the video game. Cause like, that's how much like how in depth I get, but I don't know. I, I, my main complaint with life is strange. If I had anything to complain about is their terrible use of this slang word that nobody would ever think is cool. And it's hella. Hella. And, yes. <laughs> oh God. I think everyone who can agree who has ever played life is strange. Like it is a great fucking game. It is phenomenal. But this one girl like says like, Oh, that's hella cool. Or like, that's hella this, that's hella that. And I'm like, nobody has ever said that. That is the, like the least cool thing to ever say. And they, uh, they abuse it. And it's just <laughs> annoying. So get ready for that. But that's, I don't know, that's kind of one of the things um, I love and hate, because there's some parts where they actually nail it, and it seems genuine, like, you know, there's the old expression, you know, ah, they curse like a sailor. It's like, I don't know that many sailors, but I guess they curse. But it's like, the people I do know who curse the most are teenagers. They say fuck and shit just constantly. Yeah. And that's one thing I notice in games where they're like, oh, you're a teenager. They're like, hey, man, what's up, you dork? It's like, you don't say dork. You say, like, shit brains and stuff. Like, kids yeah. curse more than anyone on the planet. So in this game, when they are cursing, like, a lot, it doesn't seem overused, like, in Bulletstorm where it's unnecessary. Like, since they're teenagers, no, it's, it's kind of like, oh, this makes sense. Like, Yeah, this is it's more realistic. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> so it's times like that where I'm just like, I can kind of, like, these characters seem real times like that. And the way they react to certain things is like, it seems very genuine and it's uh, very intriguing. But then other times it's very forced and very like plot driven where it's like, Oh, um, Hey Max, you should go to this random place. No reason. Maybe just for fun. It could have like, th that's not an actual like direct quote, but it just, there's moments that feel like that where it's just very forced and I can see that it's a game, but then there are plenty of times where I'll lose myself in it, which is definitely more than I can say with uh, Tales from the Borderlands, where you'll see a uh, 3D character model, like, the character's supposed to be falling, but instead of falling, like, they're moving around, and you can see the air affecting them, and the way gravity's pulling on different parts of their body. It's just the still character model just being dragged down, like, in place, so they don't move at all. So there's moments like that that look very bad. And I, that's what makes me wonder, like, did they stretch themselves a little too thin? Like, I've seen, I've played Borderlands. I know they're better than this. I've played Telltale Games. I know they're better than this. Like, there's some bad clipping. There's some bad, you know, video syncing, like I said. Um, Tales from the Borderlands definitely seems to have the most problems with this than any of the other Telltale games I've played. And, uh, Life is Strange, Life is Strange included. Okay. So that would be my, you know, biggest drawback with all these, like, episodic games and, Telltale being so pulled apart is like this is not as good as I thought. I'm I'm definitely glad I'm playing the game and I bought it, but I'm I'm definitely being sucked into Life is Strange much more than Tales from the Borderlands. Interesting. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me because I'm like I, I'm so enthralled with Life is Strange and I recommend it to everybody and anybody. 
But um, I guess this is a pretty good spot to wrap up this episode. Oh, and uh, one thing before we wrap things up. Uh, our buddies over at Triangle Studios, uh, we interviewed the, I guess he's the president, technically, CEO. Yeah, definitely. I'm not sure if it's the exact title, because it seems very casual there. Um, but Remco Delroy, uh, he was talking to us about, in his interview, the game they've been working on. Their kind of, you know, love child for Triangle Studios is Cross of the Dutchman. And recently, it just got greenlit on Steam. Sweet. I feel like people have been waiting for that for a long time. I know I have. Well, <laughs> since we've interviewed him and we found out about it. Oh, uh, yeah. But I'm definitely, definitely interested to see how it plays out. And you know, hopefully, being greenlit will draw enough interest for it to be fully finished. Or, um, I'm actually not sure of the exact uh, green, li- green lighting process. and Maybe it is just like a early access sort of hype. But I definitely want to see how that game plays out. Totally, dude. Yeah, I'm glad. I would definitely support that. Listeners, if you uh, like our show, you can check out our Facebook our, or our Twitter. Our handle's ABT Silence. Um, My Twitter is ABTS Brendan. Yes, tweet Brendan or us. We also have an email address, uh, almost better than silence at gmail.com. You can send us suggestions for I Was the Walrus or 10 questions or even just topics for the podcast. So let us know how we're doing. See you next week. See you.